0: Perfect success? Is success predictable? Is it possible to guarantee success? What do the wealthy know that most people don't? Is there a secret code? Are there secret rules? Join Lucas Tindall and Dr. Anthony Rodeman as they answer life's most difficult questions and give the keys to perfect, predictable success. Success Epitomized presents... The final answer. The
1: final answer.
0: Because success is predictable when you have the right keys. Hello everyone. We are here again on Success Epitomized Presents the Final Answer. I'm Lucas Tyndale here with Dr. Anthony Rodman. Today we have an important topic about finances. But before we jump in, Dr. Rodman, what's going on today? How are you feeling?
2: man i'm doing absolutely wonderful today this is a serious topic today that a lot of people really want to get a hold of especially in these times today where a lot of people feel like a lot of uncertainty in their finances i'm glad we're talking about this today
0: this is a good one you're right today we're talking about how do i become successful financially and how do i take control over my finances so many people are living in a situation um as a result of the pandemic and as a result of a lot of uh, maybe mismanagement, lack of planning, any number of things where finances feel like it's anything but under control right now for a lot of people.
1: Right? Exactly. They're,
2: and they're that's supposed to frustration right now is because they don't know what to do. It's like I don't. feel <laughs> overwhelmed. All my plans got thrown out the doors. So I'm not sure what to do next.
0: Right. It's like I
2: thought I had a plan. People were starting businesses.
0: People were getting promotions in mm-hmm. their job, and all of a sudden, there were budget cuts, layoffs, uh, you know, businesses closing all together. It, it was—I mm-hmm. mean, the, they said, you know, I think the word is the economy shuddered. Right? It's like it shook, it yeah. shuddered, it stopped, it froze. I mean, it was unlike anything most people had ever seen in their lifetime, and mm-hmm. everybody, even people who felt like they were in a pretty good position, they're working their way up, doing their thing, whatever it may be. We're suddenly mm-hmm. in a position saying, "Am I even allowed to allow my customers to come into my facility?" I mean, what do you do when they're not allowed in, right?
2: And exactly, and that's that caused a lot of frustration for people because, like, what do I do now? And it's made people either find creative ways to take advantage of opportunities or feel locked at the door, where I just have to close down.
0: Yeah, and a lot of businesses did, and a lot of businesses blamed you know, the the elected officials, the politicians from yep. the White House to their local government, and everybody was just scrambling, trying to get their mind around, their arms around, uh, you know, the pandemic, the COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus crisis, people were dying. I mean, they didn't know what to do. And on top of that, yep. there's a lot of casualties that a lot of people don't think about. They assume if you survived physically uh, the pandemic that you're okay when there's a lot of people who are dealing with high levels of depression, stress, marriages and relationships are struggling, and a lot of it is coming down from the pressure, the financial pressure of the household, of individuals who are saying, I don't know what to do. When this rent moratorium or whatever it is is over, when the mortgage lenders are going to start knocking and asking for their money back, when the when everybody's not as nice because we're in a pandemic, they're thinking- yeah. I'm going to lose everything. What am I going to do? So, Dr. Roman, to give us an opening thought on finances in general, what would you tell somebody who comes to you and is saying, I don't know how to control this thing. I don't know what to do. I'm really struggling to even understand what the financial system altogether.
2: And that's where, that's the biggest thing we want to help people is to know how to take back control. And as we all heard this story before, knowledge is power. Yes. See, a lot of people are looking for financial physically and they're looking people are getting stimulus checks people are excited they're getting physical currency and things are coming in but they still don't feel they have the control because the control they're looking for comes from wisdom and understanding Mm. knowledge is power but the wisdom of how to apply that knowledge understand the purpose behind it allows you to be able to control Mm. So most people don't understand finances. They don't know how to apply it. That's why they can't control finances. There's a bunch of people that have knowledge of it. Yeah. Yeah. You got somebody talking about finances on every YouTube channel. Somebody's on Facebook talking about this. They can tell you about 401ks. They have all kinds of day. knowledge of the <laughs> stock market, the right. day trading. They talk about venture capital. They talk about the bank system, everything, right? But how many people have the wisdom of how to actually do it? Yeah. How people have understanding of how it works?
0: Most don't. They have a they have a notion, or they have a hot take in the moment. Something that was yes. working. GameStop stock was going through the roof for some odd reason. I mean, it was some. It was even. It was almost like a game to gamers and young people to game the system. But they didn't even understand it. A lot of people that got into it didn't even understand what the originators of this movement were even doing. They just saw an opportunity to make some quick money. And so they threw their money at it, not realizing that they don't know what to do. And most people lost out because they didn't know what to do after they were in.
2: Because most people don't have wisdom how to apply it. And majority of people have no understanding of the purpose behind finances and how to have control over finances. I tell people all the time, this is a, a a lean in moment lean in ladies and gentlemen lean in let me it's let me... a lean in moment most people don't know how to control finances because most people are trying to get finances they're working for finances and they don't know how to have finances work for them
0: That's a tough one that's a, everybody would like to say so, but most don't live like that
2: exactly and most people are looking to get a lot of money That's to be all the time. If you're investing to get more money, you already lost.
0: That can't be true. Hold on. I have to, (laughs) I have to stop you there, buddy. I have to stop you there. Thank you to all of our viewers who are watching this video here, uh, watching this live premiere. And thank you to those who are listening to this podcast. Please make sure you hit subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel at success epitomized and make sure you subscribe to success epitomized presents the final answer on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Dr. Rodman. uh, myself, and I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering, what are you talking about? Why would I invest if it wasn't for money? Of course, I'm investing for money. I'm not investing for Skittles. What am I supposed to get out of this thing? What are you talking about?
2: Exactly. And that's why most people are financially struggled trying to find out how to take control over finances. Because the people that are investing or trying to do things for finances to get more money, you lost before you started. How? Because because you don't invest for more money, you invest for control, mm. for ownership, for okay. dominion, authority, and power.
0: Interesting. And
2: that's how you get back control over your finances. See, this is why someone that understands how to get control of their finances will give someone $300 million to get control or yes. ownership over their business.
0: <laughs> Very true.
2: Because they took control of their finances when other people are looking for finances.
0: So true. They'll say such and such just invested. Warren Buffett just invested to take a controlling stake in this company. They're trying to get ownership and control uh, to guide, direct, and in return, there's a financial return on that investment, but they're not just in it to grab pennies out of the slot machine. They're in it to own the casino.
2: Exactly. Now you understand the difference between having money work for you and you working for money. If you're trying to get more money, you're working for money. When you're trying to get more money to work for you, you're trying to multiply yourself. If you multiply yourself, you'll multiply your money. Mm. This is the biggest issue that most people have with getting control of their finances or getting become successful financially you cannot become successful financially until you become successful okay you you can you cannot get control over your finances until you can get control over yourself
0: it's good stuff.
2: This is important. How can I control finances when I can't even control myself? Wait, you didn't tell
0: us to lean in. Wait, that was yeah, a lean I in, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that was so good. I apologize. That was so good. I hope everybody is always leaning in. And I, I, some of our listeners, I know one of our listeners, he reaches out to me and thanks me a lot for the show. And I want to thank um, Aaron Dukes. He's the owner of a company called Pristine Steamwash. And he's yes. out, you know, detailing cars, listening to this podcast, and he's let me know many times how these concepts are helping him every day, personally and professionally. He's like, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about these things. He has a business; he's trying to provide for him and his family. He's done a phenomenal job. I was there from day one when we were. I, I he and I started this company together, yes. sitting at the kitchen, sitting at my kitchen table. He had this wild idea. I had some business knowledge. We sat down and created a Google sheet. And I was like, let's put everything here. Let's knock out all the tasks and let's do it. And before you know it, he was off and running and he's done a phenomenal job. And I just stepped away. I said, you're doing too good. I don't need to be taking a part of that business. You're doing your thing. And I, and, and I'm so proud of the work that he's done. And at the same time, he's also growing and learning how to manage the financial part of the business and himself. He wants personal, improvement he wants to grow as a person and i i honor him for that many of the whenever we're talking business he's talking just as much about himself becoming successful as a person as he is Mm -hmm. the business because there's something inside of him whether he knew it or not based on the terms that you're sharing today that said Mm -hmm. there's more to this business being successful than just this business making money it's it's making money but he's trying yes. to figure out personal success. Help me with that. Is that innate in us? Are we naturally looking for that? Does somebody have to teach us that? What, what's going on there?
2: It's innate in us, but we also have to te- be taught how to get the maximum potential of ourselves. Mm. And sometimes we have to be taught how to reprogram ourselves to remember who we were before the world told us who we were supposed to be.
0: See, a lot of us are
2: walking out who the world told us supposed to be, not who we truly are. So if I don't know who I am, if I don't understand the power I have, then I'll be working for a thing, which is money, instead of having it work for me. Mm. I can't control myself. I can't get another thing to be under my control. Wow. See, the the biggest issue with finances and money are that people understand that money is a representation of you. Money has no value or power except the value and power that you have. Money just represents your value and power. It has no value. You can't do Mm -hmm. nothing with money. What you have money, what it does is it says, this is how much power and value I have. Mm. It's just a tool that it's a representation of. Right. So if you're looking for it to take care of you, you've already failed when you use it to represent you to go to work and be successful to multiply yourself, saying it's go represent me beyond me. Now you can get back control of finances because I know you're going to go out. You're a worker. You're going to go out to represent me and work for me to expand my success and expand the self-control I have upon myself. I'm going to expand and put you out, put control over you to show how much control I have of myself.
0: Fascinating concept, fascinating. So what I'd like you to do for us is help us understand some areas where maybe people are right or have mm-hmm. a true concept and areas where people are wrong, right? And I I, I always say I enjoy, uh, there's a sports writer who has now has a show, Colin Cowherd. And on his mm-hmm. show, The Herd, he said, where Colin was right and where Colin was wrong. And he's talking about his sports predictions and, and things. Yeah, And it's it's fascinating for him to come on and admit, well, yeah, last week I told you these teams were going to mm-hmm. win and these quarterbacks were great, and yeah. these point guards were great. And now today I have to confess I was all wrong about that. Um, but I think it's so important for because I think what happens is we break down these constructs that have been built in society and uh, we've all been taught throughout our lives mm-hmm. Um for us to know, well, what do I hold on to and what do I throw out? So the average person, I think, knows that there's some need for a budget, whether they have it in line or not. You know, maybe you can speak to, is budgeting the right thing to do? And if so, kind of how you Mm -hmm. do that, do you have a personal budget and a business budget? If you have a business, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just, and and budgeting is just one concept. Maybe you can think of another that it's like, well, here's somewhere that people are on the right track for people to know, Mm -hmm. okay, you're not all the way wrong. And here's some areas mm. where you might be all the way wrong because people have been told this totally backwards. Can you give us some some concepts there?
2: Well, the first statement I want to make, concept, is one thing that people have right is money is the answer to all things. Mm. Now, I'm going to say that one more time in case someone didn't catch it. Okay. Money is the answer to all things. Mm. The problem is, is not to answer to life, and that's people's frustration. Okay. So one thing people have it right is, if you want things, which most people want, then money is the answer to all things.
0: things. Okay.
2: But there's a lot of things in life that money can't buy.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's where a lot of it. people
2: have it wrong. Okay. So if you want things. Money is the answer to a thing. But again, you can't get money without the things in life that money can buy. Wow. That's where it's backwards.
0: Wow. That's where we have it wrong.
2: (laughs) That's where we have it wrong, where money is drawn and attracted to people that are functioning things that money can buy. Such as? Money can't buy love, Woo. money can't buy peace, uh huh, money can't buy joy, uh huh, <laughs> money can't buy people to be faithful or loyal. True, money cannot buy someone being kind to you. You got someone be fake to you, but we all don't like that.
0: That's true. There's a lot of things you said there. You can have someone be pretend to be kind to you in an exchange. It's a it's a ploy. It's a, I want what you have, so I'm being kind, not because I'm being kind, not because I think you're worth kindness, but because I'm hoping to get something from you. So they're actually using you, trying to manipulate. There's people who think they can have love because this person would not give me an opportunity to even take them out to eat or do anything, but because mm-hmm. I can take them to the finest restaurants and I drive the finest cars, this person will give me an opportunity. However, we've seen that over and over in society, where those relationships still don't work out. Doesn't doesn't, work. Doesn't work. Um, And so I think we see it a lot of times. I think a lot of times people do think money is the answer to everything. They think if they have it, they will have peace because they think their peace is tied up in the bill collectors. And they're like, if these people would stop calling me and bothering me, I would have peace. My joy is tied up in the fact that I can't go on the vacations I want to go on. I want to sit on the beach more days of the year. I'd have so much peace and joy if they stopped calling me and I could sit on the beach and I'd have love because I'd have somebody who'd be willing to ride with me because I can afford multiple plane tickets, first class, private jets. So you're telling me to the person out there who really doesn't necessarily buy into what you just said, you're telling me that those things are mirages. They're not real. What, what, are, you, what are you telling us about those things?
2: They're mirages. And everybody that tries to seek after those things through money, get into mental health issues.
0: Interesting.
2: Because the mental health issues they're dealing with, money can't fix. Wow. Money can't buy self-control. We talked about it. you can't control yourself with money. Money exposes who you truly are. Right. Money can't protect who you are. It exposes. People tell, people know it all the time. Money does not make people evil. It just makes someone more accessible to be who they were when people didn't know who they were.
0: Right, right. It was how I could see you when you didn't have much money, you couldn't go out here exactly. and treat people like that.
2: Exactly. Right. And these things that money can buy will bring money. Think about it. When you go to the restaurant and someone gives you these type of things that money can buy. They give you love, they give you hospitality, they give you a peaceful, they give you a great experience, yes. and I you're more so. willing to give them. Yes money sometimes you might even give more than your actual service cost wow because they made the experience so great and when someone does it you might give them what they earn i'll pay just for the meal i might give you something what it says five percent okay i'll just get you. i'll yeah. pay the thing because you did bring the food
0: right <laughs> I do not have to come <laughs> cook it. I guess i will give you a couple dollars.
2: <laughs> and you can right. tell different difference when someone gently wants to help someone or someone's being nice because it's their job. Yeah, you're right. You'll do them a little better because they did their job. But when someone goes above and beyond, you can feel their presence and you can feel the genuineness and their hospitality and love. You want to give and help them in a way beyond what was actually required great point
0: i i I can remember an experience it was a business trip we were in uh the twin cities we were in minneapolis st paul in minnesota Mm -hmm. and um there was a restaurant there It was a small it was a food truck and they had a little hut type of uh, restaurant it was very small it was like caribbean food or something All I know is the waiter was so kind. We had a big group. He sat out at the table with us on this end. He went down and sat at that end. He was friendly. He was funny. He was caring. He was thoughtful. I mean, when we got done, I mean, I think we all, it was a business trip. It was paid for by the business. But I think we were all trying to reach in our own pocket and give him something to say, the food was delicious but the service was impeccable. It was there you amazing. Go. It was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. It was yes. unforgettable. I can still see this guy to this day. If I yes. walked in that restaurant he would not know who I was, but I would absolutely know who he is because that what he gave me was so it tasted better than the food. What is that about?
2: There you go. There you go and that will always create perfect, predictable success when you actually create those manifestations from the highest form of yourself. Yeah. When you do that and you place that into any ability, any skill, any product, any service, money will be drawn and attracted to you. You can go anywhere in the world and you give those levels of manifestation... Those results of your highest form of yourself, when you give love and joy, you give peace, you give patience, you give kindness to people, you give gentleness and self-control to people. You put that in any type of ability, skill, product, or service, and money will be drawn and attracted to you. And when it's drawn and attracted to you, it's only your job to be able to organize it, manage it, and improve it and make it a place in the system that brings out its maximum potential that's all you have to do and you'll take back control of it because now you will send it to go work for you to represent everything you've been about it will be able to expand what you do outside of you and that's how you take back control of your finances
0: i love it ladies and gentlemen stay tuned we have a great guest here today as well as you guys know we love to bring guests on here on the final answer, to hear their story, um, and bring them into the conversation, and look at how mm. it plays out in a case study, and in, in someone who has reached yeah. levels of success financially. Um, I don't think he's going to break out his tax statements or anything for us today. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go that deep. We're not going to ask, the, you know, we're not going to ask those types of questions. But trust us, he's had a level of success, um, and he's also still striving for a level of success. And success, not just financially. He's someone who believes in holistic success. And holistic yeah. health uh, for for the individuals that he works with and serves, uh, Doctor Rodman. If you could introduce our special guest today,
2: yeah, we have a special guest today, Doctor Jerry Lee. I met Doctor Jerry Lee because I had I as I train professional athletes. Sometimes I still help train them. And I do more on the mental and financial and spiritual side now more than the physical. When I used to do both sides, he came down for one of our clients. And actually did some holistic healing and health to help get the body alignment and things like that. And we got to talking about our beliefs, our thoughts of how to be successful in different areas. And he did a wonderful job showing what we talked about where he made us feel like family. We had great conversations and we actually created dialogue and communication and a friendship along the way while he gave his product and service. Mm -hmm. So we wanted him to show, I wanted to use him as a case study because... He showed how to, how to be successful in his industry, and I wanted him to have opportunity to show what he gave us so wonderfully that day, and he used holistic healing and show how to be successful, because he's a, built a business, he built his own practice, he has a lot of people working with him, and he showed how you can take what we're talking about and be successful, personally and professionally. Welcome, Dr. Jerry Lee.
1: Welcome, Doctor Lee. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. Thanks
2: Man, for the kind no words. Thank you for coming.
0: We're so excited yeah, to have you having me on. Thank you so much. We're uh, as we've started this conversation about um, how to be successful financially and how to take control of your finances. Let's just start with your story a little bit. Can you tell hmm. the people a little bit sure. about your life, your background, and then how you kind of got to this place? You know, as a business owner and helping. Individuals,
1: yeah. Um, well, I graduated chiropractic school in 2007, and um, and then I was working in an office, um, and it was more like a practice that I enjoyed going to, but it wasn't for me, um, so I knew that there was something else that out there, um, but all along I, I knew I wanted to open up my own practice eventually. I mean, this is what one of the reasons why I went to chiropractic school, and I think looking back, I kind of realized I was kind of um put in this position to kind of go towards the medical field, um, just from like family influence, you know, none of my family were doctors or anything, but I think they just were saying like, you know, if you do business, you know, you have your own business, you know, you can thrive in any condition, but if it's in medical, even more specifically, you know, oh, everyone's going to need healthcare at a certain point, you know, um, and you know, as, as doctors, we don't make tons and tons of money, you know, but we do okay for ourselves, you know, you're not like these million you know dollar corporations and things like that, but um yeah so I I, I knew I was going to be in the health field somehow going into possibly like physical therapy chiropractic acupuncture um coming from like a Taiwanese Chinese family uh, my parents had used acupuncture in Chinese medicine like throughout throughout the years like my mom would be cooking herbs and stuff in the in the kitchen when she had like certain conditions or my dad had a, had a stroke in his like late 40s and did some acupuncture yeah. and help with a lot of the paresthesias in the eyes and stuff like that. So, you know, I just kind of kind of fell into this, this work just because I saw how it helped my family. Um, and then so, yeah, I went to chiropractic acupuncture school and, uh, you know, I worked in a place for a couple of years, but then I had this opportunity, a friend, a colleague of mine that I graduated with, he was working in another practice and he was like, hey, I, I'm working in this office and this guy's kind of like housing me and teaching me business and stuff. And I was like, okay, good. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. And let me let me know the the percentage or whatever that he was going to have with the contract. And I went in just kind of like openly, you know, just kind of had this opportunity that opened up for me. Um, and so I, I learned for a couple of years in that office, learned about business, learned about how to kind of find balance between my trade and my craft, and like how to kind of manage a practice in general. Um, and when it was time, I said, you know, I think it, it's time for me to just do my own thing. So. I've been in my own practice um, at Ken Health and Wellness here in, in South Pasadena, California um, for since 2008. Uh, nice. no, I'm sorry, 2000, wow. 2012, 2012, sorry, 2012. Awesome. So nice. yeah, I've gone into almost our ninth year here, so.
0: Incredible. 10-year
1: in mark. That's yeah, a almost, almost there, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of businesses don't make it that far. We, we often talk about that on the show here, that a lot yeah, of businesses definitely. don't make it, so um, when you think about it and the the we, we talked about some things here earlier what do you think has made you uh, successful in, on the business side what is it that's made your practice something that's lasted longer than most businesses that start off the same way you started I think uh, for me it's
1: just being being yourself and and just being kind and tr- showing that we care you know at our office we try not to you know, like do like, you know, five minute, 10 minute visits, and you're out and stuff, I really get to know the clients. And I mean, that's kind of just part of what we do, because we do the mental emotional side, we do the physical side, we do the nutrition, but it's really like one on one care. And so that's kind of really what I want to focus on. That was kind of what I learned from my mentors, because, you know, they had taught us this type of care is like, if you if you do, you know, spend time with the client and really get to, get to the roots of their problems, you know, instead of just kind of like a Band-Aid, you know, effect, then people will kind of see that and that would just start to grow, you know? So I think that was the biggest, just like showing the care, showing the kind- kindness that we do and showing the compassion for our clients, you know, just trying to trying to let them see that we are there for them, support them and, you know, facilitate their healing, however it comes.
0: I love that. Dr. Rodman. you were talking about that earlier. What do, you, what do you think?
2: That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like if you place that inside of any ability skill product or service it will create lasting effects more than any other thing that you can because we are all connected anyway and it's a yep. drawing to us we need that type of interaction that type of connection like we always talk about love is a bond we need yep. those different bonds from people and when you can find it you will be willing to do what you need to do to keep it because you know, money is not a bond. You can't love money if you want to connect with money and love it. It will show you how fickle it is. Money will cheat on you so quick, as soon as it's in your pocket, money will be in somebody else's pocket. Right. Money is not loyal at all, it's so fickle. It will cheat on you and laugh as you go by and spend itself somewhere else, right? So, you can't make you give it away with money, and when you know that. You can put it in its rightful place, respect it, have it go work for you and it allow it to help you create these bonds that we all truly need. And that's the biggest way to get great control. I love it.
0: And and, and Dr. Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, what was your upbringing mm-hmm. around money? If you don't mind me asking, because I I know mine, and maybe I'll start by sharing mine. Yeah, Our relationship to money in my family was like, Well, when I was younger, my dad worked in a steel mill and he made what was decent money. I live in Northeast Ohio. He worked for the Timken company. Most people in this area, the the men worked in a steel mill, right? And a lot of them, you know, blue collar jobs. And he did pretty good. My mom was a nurse, um, an LPN. So she did that at times. But, you know, there was a lot of time where she stayed home and took care of us as children. And my dad just worked and he'd get his paycheck. He'd run around paying the bills. I remember him. You know, going to the electric company, going to the gas, paying the bills. I got to run my errands, he would say. Right. And he'd run around and pay the bills. And we didn't really understand it. We seemed to have enough and we were fine. Then we went through yeah. a sudden shift where my father, unfortunately, uh, went to prison. And so now all of a sudden our finances are upside down. We couldn't afford things anymore. But no matter what was going on, when we when we were okay, doing pretty good as far as I knew, and when things mm-hmm. were really bad, we didn't have financial conversations at my house. We just, things just happened. We lost our house to foreclosure. <clears throat> we, we, we lost our car to repossession. Things went yeah. poorly. And that's just what happened. We ended up on welfare, other things like, like mm-hmm. this. But no mm-hmm. one ever talked about what was actually happening. I never saw a budget. I never saw a plan. I never saw where things went wrong. There just mm-hmm. wasn't that discussion. So as an adult, yes. I had to do a lot of, learning and unfortunately failing and unfortunately a lot of stuff because I never had that base. Yeah. Others have different stories that, that help them now. And I, I'm just curious whether yours was one like mine, the opposite somewhere in the middle, just curious about what your upbringing was like.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I mean uh, you know, my parents immigrated here. They've been here in, in California for 40 years, but I mean, just being, being the son of immigrant um, parents and like, yeah. they've always had to work hard and struggle. It's not like we came from a big financial um, backing um my mom actually worked for the city for for of Los Angeles. Um first in social services department, and then she worked for like the uh sheriff's department for like over thirty five years. So she worked hard, you know, uh for, for the for the city, for the government, you know, and so she, she, you know, had a good retirement, just has a great retirement right now. Um my father uh he, he jumped around in businesses, you know, he um he did he started off with managing different uh hotel chains. Uh, people that in in Taiwan, my grandfather had new people and they moved out here to open up hotels or something. So he was kind of doing more management stuff. Um, And then at one point when we were, when I was probably about like, I think I would say like my second to like fifth grade or seventh grade, something like that. My dad actually moved to Germany Mm. Um, and he was away from the family um, because he had this opportunity. He had this really um, uh, well-off colleague that had this electronic company and he was asked to manage that company in, in Europe. Wow. And so, I mean, at that time, you know, he, financially he did the, did it a lot for the family. Um, but it was, obviously it was tough, you know, growing up in, in a household where, I mean, we had my grandparents work, uh, living with us. Um, and my grandfather was a big influence on me too. Just, and he was the one that kind of guided me towards, okay, well, you know, once my dad came back from his business, um, because he wanted to be with the family, um, then, you know, he was like in between jobs, you know, and he'd find different companies he managed. And then like he laid off or the company went under because it's a lot in the, in the electronic field, you know, and technology, you know, it comes and goes and stuff. And so I think that was kind of like, uh, eye-opening thing for me for my grandfather he's like look he would, he would just tell me like look you know if if you follow medical if you follow this path whatever you know you won't have to worry about the that stability you know and i think that mm-hmm. looking back i didn't realize you know until the past couple of years probably that that really had a big impact on me um but yeah and i mean you know we we it's not like we were super well off but we were okay you know we had food on the table and you know it was uh it was comfortable But Mm -hmm. we were also taught to conserve and save, and you know, um, obviously, in in an Asian household, like you gotta do well, you gotta excel in school so you can make a lot of money, and you know, that's just how it goes, you know. (laughs) Um, Anything that you deviate from that, then it's kind of like you know you're you're gonna like look at a little bit differently, right? you know, but but no, I mean it's it's uh, definitely the the backing of what you grew up with. I'm sure it can have an influence on on you know what what your future looks like and how you set that future and career and all that stuff. So yeah,
0: thank you for sharing that. I yeah. Yeah, a, amazing story and Dr. Roman. Same thought. I mean, uh, you have so much knowledge on this. I I think the mm-hmm. our audience would be curious to know a little more about kind of what mm-hmm. was your growing up like when it comes to <laughs> finances. What did you learn? What did you know? and how did you get to this level of knowledge now?
2: Yeah, so my upbringing is a lot different than my children's upbringing now that we're going <laughs> no, through.
0: That's <laughs> one thing you can reflect <laughs> on for sure.
2: It's <laughs> a lot different. And the difference is because we were kind of taught two sides of the spectrum. My mom was kind of the, the on a, the mindset of money was kind of evil, because so many people did so many evil things with it, it was like we'll get money when it comes and stuff. But I will, I will never do anything for money. She wasn't like you can't have money, okay. but it was like if you get too much of it, you might get evil, right? <laughs> it might taint you. It might it might taint you. you kind dirty. of mindset. Too much. Um, it. my dad was on the mindset of you work hard for money. You gotta get money. You gotta take care of yourself. Um, <laughs> don't do nothing corrupt to get it. But you better work hard because you got to take care of your family type thing mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: so it's kind of that mindset now the beautiful thing about my both parents mindset were they both had a entrepreneurial mindset like create your own business don't be dependent on nobody don't go work but they didn't really know how business worked. they had the mindset of it but not how it actually worked right right now it was kind of a weird transition for me because when we were younger we actually did pretty well because my dad had a human resource job, but he lived out of town. I mean, he worked out of town. Mm. So he used to drive about an hour and a half, almost two hours of work every day, wow. leave early in the morning, come home late. But he were, we were living in a pretty decent house. My mom was always a counselor, an educator and stuff. So we did pretty well. But then when my parents divorced, that's when the financial turn really mm took a toll because now my mom tried to find different ways to find finances mm-hmm. and my dad had to... Now, this was a huge thing for my mom that most women would never do. Okay. We were two boys and my mom said they need a man to raise them. Wow. So she won the case but still gave us to my dad.
0: Interesting.
2: And that literally changed the whole dynamic of my upbringing because it was so such a powerful time because... I did need, we did need our dad at the time because he was working so much. So he left this well paying job and started his own business. Mm. So I got to see firsthand someone starting a business from the ground up. Wow. I seen my dad playing all the roles. He had an office, he'll be sitting there in his suit. Calling, making deals. So, yeah, we'll be there. He created a, uh, a janitorial business. He'll create a deal. I remember we had a deal with like uh, a <laughs> hospital, a deal with like a Kroger. He created all these deals, right?
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> and he was trying to help people. And he's getting so frustrated because he's like people just don't want to work, right? <laughs> so, he will create the deal. I would see him, I'll be in the car. He's going to sign the deal, make these big old deals take us home or bring us with us and people didn't show up and go clean the place himself (laughs) and act like he wasn't the owner of the company. (laughs) (laughs) So I see how you have to build something from ground zero. And as, as the person that runs it, if the people don't work, you have to work yourself. Absolutely. But the issue I seen was there was never really an understanding of fine, how taking control over the finances. It was all of, You work for it. If you want it to happen, you just keep working, keep working, and keep working until you get a big enough pot that can take care of you. So that was kind of our financial upbringing and mentality.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Gentlemen, I appreciate you guys both reflecting back. And I I hope our audience members, I hope it kind of shows you differences, right? We all had somewhat different uh, upbringings. But now coming to a place where we all realize – we have to control this thing you know i I remember hearing someone say uh, a man needs to make money not let money make him and i I think Mm -hmm. i was a teenager and i was like wow man makes some money money doesn't make a man and i thought wow because i grew up in an era where it was all about money it was all about i mean on tv anyway it was all about fancy cars jewelry money that's what guys were doing and that's what it was all about and then they said that and i was like wow we can make money, but not let money make us. Uh, Dr. Lee, just, just to you, as you think about that, as you've, you know, found this level of success, how do you balance yeah. that, that deal there um, where it's like, this isn't all of who I am, my success, yeah. um, and the money certainly doesn't make me who I am. How do you, how do you balance yeah. that?
1: Yeah, I never really um, got into the, the medical field for the money specifically. You know, I always wanted to just help people. And I think if you had that focus of just trying to help people and do what's best for them, um, the money just came, you know, and at a certain point it was coming in and I was like, well, I guess, I guess I do have to kind of shift my gears a little bit into the business side of things and be smart with money. be smart where I put it, be smart where I can serve it, be smart where I reinvest it in the business. So I think it, you know, I mean, the care and all that stuff is still there. Um, and you want to make sure that that's like, the, the foundation of what build, built the practice, you know, um, you never want to stray away from that. But then there's a certain point where you have to say, well, okay, well, now that I, now that I have this practice and we have, you know, the, the clients that were coming in and stuff like, how do we shift it into making it more of a smarter um, and more, you know, easier transition to, to go into like bigger operations or, you know, Um, expanding the business, or like, how how do you make it work for you instead? You know, Um, so I mean, you know, I'm still that's still something that I'm trying to try to figure out myself too, and try to make it work. But you know, you just kind of start to kind of have bigger expansion of your of your of your thoughts and what this can lead to. You know, but you got to still stay, you know, close to what what the got you here, right? What what got you the level of success, which is the air and the passion for it.
0: I, I, I love that, and as you, as you, as you think about this again, Doctor Lee, as you've from your upbringing to where you are now, and you just said, you know, you're like you said, you're still in your process, you're still learning and thinking this through yeah. this business yeah. piece. Um, I, I earlier before the show, I heard you say you had a, you have a one year old. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just turned one. Yep. All right. Is that is, do you have other children, or is that your only child? No, that's my yeah my first. Okay. All right. So you have a one-year-old. All right. So so let's start looking forward as this uh, boy or girl?
1: Boy.
0: Boy. Okay. As as your your son starts to grow, taking what you learned as a child Mm -hmm. to what you're learning now as an adult, what are some things that you would tell your son to try to better (laughs) position him to have success when it comes (laughs) to finances? Because so often... Like I said, my family didn't tell me anything. And maybe they didn't have anything to tell me. Maybe it was better they yeah. did because maybe they would have led me astray. But when yeah. you think about it, what are some <laughs> lessons that you'd say, I want to do this? I want to make sure my son knows this so that he can go further than I went because I right. start him, as my daughter said to me one day, she said, Your ceiling is my floor, Dad. She said, The higher <laughs> you go, the higher I'll be able to go because I'm going to jump from wherever you stop or from wherever you are yeah. when I start my journey. And I love that yeah. she said that. So what would you yeah. what would you tell your son? That's
1: a, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> uh-huh. but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, I, I, I mean, I, I think I did learn the value of the dollar like when I was young just as far as like conservation of it, you know, and not to just spend it, you know, swiftly on stuff. And, um, so I think that's, that's always a good principle, but obviously now it's more just about like what you can do with it and how to, how to make it work for you, you know, and, and, you know, investments and stuff like that. Like my wife and I, we just opened up a 529 account like last month for him on his first, his first deposit was on his first birthday, you know? Uh Um, so just things like that, like that we can do for him and, and, you know, allow him to have some type of security financially, You know, and and my parents did the same for us. You know, they they helped us through college and stuff like that. They worked hard for that. Um, um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's just, yeah, figuring out. That's a, that's a good question. I got to think about that. Like that's moving forward, cool. what, what I got to do for him.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, I appreciate your transparency. And it's a real yeah. it's a real thought. And yes. Dr. Roman, as you think about some of those things, what would you tell parents? And you're a parent too. You got a couple of young guys. They look like they're <laughs> yeah. ready for some stuff already, even though they're little. They look, they're ready. Yeah, they exactly. want to know everything daddy knows. I know how your boys are. Right. So when you think about that and what, you know, even advice mm-hmm. for me is I, things I can tell my kids, things Dr. Lee can tell his kids. Things you tell your kids. What should the average person be telling their kids?
2: Well, it's funny that you were talking about this because we literally, me and my wife, we have our time in the morning. We take our walks in the morning. We talk about certain things. And literally this morning, I was just telling her how um, we homeschool and we create our own school um, for our children and teachers. And one of the things most people don't teach are uh, finances. They don't teach psychology. They don't teach finances. They don't take economics or business. Right. So those are things that we're going to teach as well. And this year, I, my eldest son, I'm going to do more of the teaching as he getting a little older. And one of the things I was going to do is I'm going to use math to teach finances. I love it. So love I'm going that. to teach him finances through why he's learning math. And the first thing I would tell people is they have to learn. Your kids have to learn a universal system of prosperity and success. They have to learn how the system of prosperity and success works and how to plug any resource they have into that system, learn the structure, learn the order. Most people just don't know the system of prosperity and success. So when you get finances, the hardest thing is where does it go? Right. (laughs) So that system is the first thing I would teach them. And that's the first thing I would advise parents to learn and to learn to be able to give their children that system and how to work that system, and they'll be prosperous and successful in anything they do.
0: Now, you said the universal system of prosperity success. Is that a book? Is that an e-book? Where, where, what does that yeah. mean? You said it like everybody <laughs> already knows what that is. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? What is this universal system? You said they don't teach well, it in system. school. Where do we find it? Yes, yeah, they at? don't
2: teach it in school, and that's why, and this is why we created a school for people to learn it, right? We have a thing called Epitomize University to help people learn these concepts. And we have a course and a system called Transform Your Finances and Transform Your Business to help people learn the foundational structure of this system so they can know how to take any resources that come in to know how to manage it, organize it, develop it, and help it reach its maximum potential to put it inside of this system. So, it is a system, a book, and everything inside of it has a videos, the courses, everything they need to learn it. But it's really important to learn that system because a lot of people invest and don't know how to invest. Yeah. They say, go get a financial advisor. But how do you know if the financial advisor is showing you the right thing? If you don't know anything, you're financially illiterate. How do I know you're not just taking my money and investing into your own stuff? How do you even know? Right. So that's the first thing I would tell people is learn how to invest. My parents were huge in education. Right? Now, this is the only problem I tell people. Don't invest in education that just teaches you knowledge. Mm. We talked about before, knowledge is power, but to take control Mm. of your finance, you need to invest in education that's going to give you knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Mm. Unfortunately, a lot of us... We had we went to we spent thousands and thousands of dollars, took out <laughs> people took out huge loans to get a bunch of information on knowledge, and then as soon as you come out, you got to find someone to teach you how to how apply to actually,
0: it. Right, right. How right, to Actually right. do it
2: yeah. and how to get understanding. Yes. so if you really want to get better at something, invest into learning something that will give you knowledge, wisdom, how to apply it, and understanding how it works. Because if you don't get that kind of education. Knowledge is actually meaningless without wisdom and understanding. So
0: good, so good, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are taking notes out there. Those who are listening now, and you may be listening to this a year from now, two years from now, even as you go back and listen to our previous episodes. We want to thank you for that. Um, but these these uh, principles hold true. These aren't things that are changing, right, Doctor Robin? This is not. You're not telling us some random fact no. that's going to change with next year's fad uh no. finan- the financial fad diet of the day these are exactly true principles <laughs> that are gonna last
2: they're true principles that were never changing never failing in the financial industries they just change the language that's what right. confuses people is the language changes but these principles these structures never change that's why you hear people warren buffett said i'm not telling people i'm not teaching on this stuff anymore because if you could just go to my last teachings, it's not going to change. Right. What I taught 20 years ago still holds true today. What I taught 10 years, it doesn't change. But people try to find the fast way out. Yes. And that's why most people fail, because most people are looking to get money, not to control money. And that's what they already lost.
0: I love it. People are looking to get rich quick. I mean, why not? Who would want to get there faster? (laughs) Get rich quick.
2: I understand it. But how long it takes you to get up will be how fast you will fall. The longer you build those roots like a tree, the deeper a tree goes down, the higher the tree can go up. Right. So if you want to go up high, make sure you build that foundation strong and long, and it will take you to be able to stand for how high you build something. So. If you want to get rich quick, no problem. But you have to do it many times because it's going to fall quick, and you got to get quick again. It's just a <laughs> continual cycle, and That's it's really the choice people want to make. That
0: is fascinating. <laughs> I got rich quick, and then they're always like, I hit the lottery, and they're like, lottery winners are some of the poorest people in the world. Yeah, like, right back there. Exactly. Like, how? <laughs> like, didn't they, read, didn't they hear the story of the last lottery winner? Didn't they yeah. learn from their mistakes, but it happens every time. It's Dr. Roatman, you – uh, you you knew that Doctor Lee would be a good person for today. What was it about Doctor Lee and your experience with him that really made you say, you know, this is someone who has reached a level of success that I, you know, you you knew would have relevant stories, and he's done a fabulous job here today. But I just would like you to reflect a little bit on, you know, your your thoughts toward him.
2: Well, I knew it'd be great for this topic because a wise man, as Doctor Lee is, he treated us, our clients, as if he was an employee mm. of his actual company and not actually the owner. Mm. So I knew he had to know something to be able to create that kind of warm feeling. And as any wise businessman, he learned how to do two things at once. Now, this going to be a funny story. He's <laughs> going to know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. right? So there's where where I lived at the time and I had some clients come meet me they had these outlet malls and he said that he will come and meet us I will come personally right drive down there and I will meet with the clients and I will work with you personally and as any wise businessman his wife didn't want to go to these outlet malls. So he did two for one. Only a wise financial man will (laughs) use two for one. My wife didn't want to go to these outlet malls. I'm gonna let her go shop while I actually go do some work that can pay for For the shop. (laughs)
0: Smart Smart guy, I love
2: it. That's taking control of your finances, right?
0: (laughs) It's literally taking control of your finances, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Lee, any, any last thoughts that you'd have for our audience today when you think about what you've accomplished and what you would tell someone? And you're a very humble guy, and we love and respect that. Um, yet, I, you have to understand there's a lot of people who have not reached the level of success, financial success, uh, any any of that that you have. Um, yeah. So if if someone came to you and said, you know, again, anything that you would could tell me about, my my personal development or my business development and yeah. growing my business, what would you say are some of the things that they should do?
1: I think just follow your passion, follow your heart. And if something's calling for you, I think longevity in something is really important. You know, so many times we get sidetracked by other little obstacles or other little things. And then you want to try something different, try something different. But like for me, what's been so helpful is just to stay the course you know, and just keep continuing to, to do the best I can and grow as a person every day, as Anne said too, is just making sure that you're successful internally inside first, before you present that outwardly. Um, and I think the other thing is also just making sure that, uh, uh, I was gonna say, there's another thing I was gonna say, but um, just uh, just staying the course, oh being, oh, being open to opportunities. I think I've been very blessed and very fortunate like the opportunity to work with Anthony and his clients, um, because I really believed in the product that I was giving and, and, you know, open to the opportunities and having these, these gates open for me. Um, But I think early in business, I learned that if I didn't keep an open mind about something, whether it was like a business mentor or a clinician mentor, I was telling me if I didn't keep an open mind about these different things, I wouldn't be able to evolve as a person, you know? And I think that really helped me a lot. So I'm just grateful for all the different opportunities that I've had, but, you have to also take action on some of those opportunities too, you know, it's like presents itself. So the best thing is to take action. I mean, like even with, with Anthony that, that story, like the minute he, you know, had that invitation, I was like, of course I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to make that effort and I'm going to take action. Even if it's an hour and a half drive, even if it's at five o'clock in the morning and I had to leave at yeah. four o'clock, like I was going to do it, you know, because I was just grateful for the opportunity and I wanted to to make myself known that I, I, I really appreciate you know, all the different things that were opening up for me and I wanted to take take advantage of it. So just kind of going with that leap of faith and taking, taking, you know, advantage of that opportunity. So that was, Lovely. that was really, really helpful.
0: Awesome. 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 And Dr. Lee for, for people who may want to know more about your business, if you could share uh, with us a little more information about your business and for anybody out there and pasadena california which yeah um I, I i love to come
2: visit you know i'm,
0: I'm, I'm absolutely coming. anytime you're welcome anytime both of you guys <laughs> all right i'm heading yeah. to the west coast he, he takes great here. care
2: of you I, he, he actually helped me even outside the clients he was like yo don't even worry about your clients i want to help you come i'm gonna help you get some service so he's he's yeah. wonderful
1: that is thank awesome you. thank you i appreciate the opportunity Anthony. too yes, but, um, yeah but um my office my office is in uh, past South Pasadena, California. It's about like 15 minutes north of downtown L.A., um, home of the, the Rose Bowl, you know, the Rose Parade Yeah. <laughs> that we didn't have this year. But um, it's uh, the practice is called Kin Health and Wellness. And uh, so we have a one-stop holistic shop for health and wellness, um, chiropractic, acupuncture, massage therapy. Um, we do biofeedback, and the practice is called Kin Health because it stands short for kindred or kinship because our, our, our patients really are like family to us. You know, I've seen them grow from our, like, I mean, some of my clients I've seen for over like since I first started in the other office So over like 10, almost 10 years or so. Um, but they just grow with me. They're into the wellness of things and maintenance of things and keeping the body right, mind, body, um, nutritionally, chemically as well um but uh yeah we do biofeedback which is a way of just communicating with the body and kind of figuring out um not through a lab not through you know some other test or anything it's, it's a muscle test and so with the muscle test i can find out what's going on with the body whether it's like an organ stress whether it's a nutritional excess deficiency or if it's maybe something on the mind that's causing the body stress physically so it's, it's really holistic uh, we look at the body as a whole not just like uh, you know looking at the symptoms um, and we just try to get to the root of the, the, the issue and help facilitate the healing in the body. So yeah, welcome anyone that, uh, you know, any people that, that are listening and, um, come check us out and have a whole, whole staff of different practitioners that do very similar things. And that's kind of my goal is to, you know, kind of extend a lot of these services out because it's, um, it was big actually in the sixties and there are, it's a niche market. Um, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people come to us when they're, when they're hurting, they're sick and they've been to their MDs and all that stuff. And, you know, they can't get any other help and we're able to help them out. So it's like become the second, the last resort, but we are able to help them out the most. Um, so I just want to be able to spread this type of healing to people and let people see that, you know, we, we should be a little bit more of a priority when it comes to like taking care of your, your body.
0: I love it. Dr. Jerry Lee, you've been a phenomenal guest here yes. on the show today. Ladies thank and gentlemen, you, you may want Man, to reach out to coming. him for some services or some information. I'm guessing somebody out there uh, may not be where he is, but may, be benef- may benefit from uh, some consulting or some some information that could help you take what he's doing to another level. And even just the customer service side for every business is so important. And what you're doing just sounds phenomenal um I can't wait to come to Pasadena I've always wanted to check out the Rose Bowl see what's going on <laughs> out there so
1: yeah anytime I look forward exactly. To it. exactly we yeah. gotta make a trip yeah. we gotta go we gotta Let's make all a trip get together
0: gentlemen you all guys right. are
1: welcome anytime guys I appreciate you guys awesome. man thank you so much
0: thank you thank, thank you. you thank you all right it's about that time ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Rodman, we, uh, you know, we, you, you owe us something here on this show. You know, we feel like you do anyway. I mean, every episode, uh, we call this show the final answer because we're looking for you to give us some lasting information and to Mm -hmm. our audience, we appreciate you guys for always staying tuned to get this final answer. This is something we want you guys to be able to take home with you to, share with your family and your friends, something that sums up the topic today, each, each week. That's what it's about. The final answer is giving you something you can take. A lot of times we listen to shows and we get teaching and there's so many pieces. We don't know necessarily which one to start with or which one to highlight the most here on the final answer. We try to give you something that you can really wrap up and take home, right? You can really, they, they say, do you want that to go box? This is the to go yes. box so you can take this feast home and, and, and enjoy it and share it with your family and friends so that they can taste and see that this is something that is good and pleasing and worthwhile for them. So, Dr. Rodman, I'll turn it over to you for the final answer.
2: I appreciate that. And there's three things I want to touch on to help people be able to fully leave here and take control of their finances. Is the first thing is to take control of themselves. And how you do that is I want you to invest into yourself first. So the first thing you want to do is you want to invest into three things. Anytime you get resources come in, I want you to invest into three things. I want you to invest into education. Now, not education, just to learn knowledge. Education to teach you how to take control over yourself and how to take control over your finances and resources. You want to find a mentor or a teacher or someone that can show you how do I become a owner over myself and owner over my resources. Once you do that, then I want you to learn and invest into how to help other people. I want you to invest into how to help other people because the more you help someone else, the more someone else will help you. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So if you will help someone to make sure they never go without after you learn it, you will never go without. And the last thing I want you to do is I want you to start learning and investing into you developing skills and abilities. Learn how to develop different types of skills and learn how to be prepared as you develop those skills to invest into, like Dr. Lee said, to be prepared for any opportunity that comes. Those are the three foundational things. If you invest in those things, you can get to the foundational structure of how to take control of your finances. I must repeat that again invest into yourself to how to learn how to control yourself and your finances to teach you how to become an owner over yourself and an owner of your finances. Not just the, how to make money, how to take control over it, how to take control of yourselves and learn invest in, into other people. Don't just make it all about yourself. Learn how to invest in other people. After you learn how to take control of yourself, take control of other people and then develop your skills and abilities and be prepared for every opportunity when it comes, when you do that you will never ever have to work for money again because money will start working for you and then we can show you how to go beyond that and how to become prosperous and successful with your finances because you have become prosperous and successful yourself and that is the final answer
0: ladies and gentlemen once again we got the final answer thank you so much dr roman for breaking that down into those concise three points ladies and gentlemen rewind it, play it again, write it down, make sure you got those three points. Those are something you can take home and feast on for everybody out there who is struggling financially. Our hearts go out to you. We understand, but we want you guys to know that there is provision out there. There's opportunity out there. You have a right to provision. You have a right to a fair opportunity to have success, but you have to be willing to put in the measure necessary to get the things that you dream of. This show is about perfect predictable success. And it starts with you believing that perfect, predictable success is even possible. Thank you again, Dr. Roatman. And we want to thank Dr. Uh, Jerry Lee again for coming on today. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal guest. Dr. Dr. you know some amazing people. I really... (laughs) Appreciate you bringing your great. family we've been blessed to meet
2: some amazing people along the way, so it's been great times. It's
0: amazing, it's so important that we bring them back. We're able to talk to them, ladies and gentlemen. Also, make sure you check out successepitomized.com. There is some great tools and resources there. There is an entire yes. online course, a system that will teach you the systems of prosperity and success. Uh, a transform my finances, Dr. Roman. Quickly before we close, can you tell the people a little bit about how they can access, and what they can expect from the Transform My Finances system?
2: Well, they will learn true financial literacy. They will learn how to truly take their finances and take control over it. They will learn how to literally control their finances and turn it into good liabilities, into assets, how to truly create passive income, what it really looks like to invest, and how to create an inheritance a legacy creates successors and a heritage that actually multiplies yourself, not just in this life for your children's children to make sure that you totally change the dynamic of your financial history. And we're trying to help people do that. And that's why our goal this year is to help a hundred people make six figures to create that foundation to stand on. We want to help a hundred people and we're giving opportunities this year to get into Epitomize University, I'm going to personally walk people through a hundred people to plus, but we want to help a hundred people make six figures this year. And We're creating opportunities to make sure we do that.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, check out successepitomize.com for more information. Reach out to us if you want to know more, if you want to join the team or become a part of Success Epitomize, or if you want yeah. to take Epitomize. Uh, university and you want to get some training and some teaching in an ongoing fashion because you have big goals, big dreams, and big things you want to do, we can help you at Success Epitomize. Thank you guys for joining us again for the final answer. We look forward to seeing you again next week, same time, and we will see you then. Everybody have a great day.